In the perfect world, you find a motivated seller who agrees to sell you their house at a discount and on or before the day of closing, they move out. Unfortunately, that's not always what happens. In some situations, when the seller is living in the home, even though he wants to sell his house, he's unable to move out by the day of closing, usually because he needs the money from selling his house in order to rent or buy his next home. Okay, so when wholesaling, or really any type of investing, this creates a big problem. So on today's video, I'm gonna share with you what to do in that situation. Get ready to learn how to wholesale a house when the seller can't move out, coming up. For a limited time, you can get a free copy of Jerry Norton's Motivated Seller Scripts so you can talk to, email, and text sellers with confidence. Download it now at freesellerscripts.com. If you're new here, I'm Jerry Norton, and I went from dead broke to millionaire in three years, and after flipping thousands of properties, I created this channel to help you master the art of wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. Right now, I have three wholesale deals where the seller accepted our offers, which is great, but the problem is they're currently living in the homes, and they need the proceeds from the sale in order to move to their next home. Now, three deals right now in that situation. Two of those need the money to buy their next home, and the other one needs the money to rent her next home. And I'm gonna share with you how I'm handling each of those situations. Now, think about the problem there that this presents. If they sell their existing home before buying or renting their next home, they won't have somewhere to live, and they can't buy or rent their next home until they sell their existing home because they need the money to rent or buy their next homes. Can you see the dilemma that we're in here? And this is actually quite common and it happens all the time, which is why you need to know how to handle this. So first of all, when the seller is still living in the home and it's not vacant, you need to immediately address her plans to move and relocate to a new property. As soon as I find out that the seller is occupying the home and we agree on price and terms, I ask the following series of questions. What are your plans for your next home? Are you going to rent or purchase your next home? Do you have the necessary funds and help to pack up your belongings into a moving truck and move by the closing date? Do you have the money to rent or buy your next home? Or are you counting on the proceeds from selling your existing home in order to rent or buy your next home? These are very important questions to find out so that you know if it's gonna be an issue for the seller to move out by closing. Now, I'll never forget one of my first deals I did years ago in Detroit. On the day of closing, the seller no-showed at the closing, so I went to the property and there he was sitting there watching TV. He hadn't even started packing his stuff or made any plans for his next home. I just assumed he had it all figured out, but in reality, he was so overwhelmed by the thought of packing and moving that he didn't do anything. From that moment on, I've made it my business to do everything in my power to help sellers with their moving plans. In fact, I've made it a profit center. I'll show you how, so keep watching. Let's discuss some different scenarios and ideas and strategies for how to handle them. So first, let's say that the seller wants to rent their next place. Now this is a lot easier than if the seller wants to buy their next home, which we'll cover next. When the seller wants to rent their next home, there are three different strategies to consider. First is the most common, and that is to provide the seller occupancy by temporarily renting back the house to the seller after closing for a window of time, usually 30 days. That means if you or your cash buyer have to close and then fund the purchase and wait 30 days to get access until they vacate, which is not ideal. So if you agree to rent back with the seller, 
Know that it's going to make your deal even more difficult to wholesale because some cash buyers are not going to like that. But sometimes it's the only solution. So if that's the case, this next part is very important. Make sure to get the rent back agreement in writing and structured correctly with a specific daily rate and for a specific time frame. Now, the last thing you want is a seller who's now a tenant that won't leave the property. So not only do you need to get it in writing, you need to keep the seller highly motivated to leave as soon as possible by creating pressure financially. And you know me, I like to keep things high and tight. So here is my rent back agreement, which I'll review in a minute and stick around. I'll show you how to get this for free. But first, let's walk through what needs to be covered in this agreement. First of all, I typically don't do a rent back for more than 30 days. That should be plenty of time to pack and move. And the seller isn't living there for free. They're gonna pay to stay there for that 30 days. The rent back agreement has a daily rental rate. Now I try to make the rate 50% higher than the normal market rental rates. So for example, let's say that rents in the area are $1,000 a month. I would make the seller pay $1,500 to rent back the property for 30 days, which comes to like $50 a day. Whatever the agreed upon amount in time, the seller pays this upfront at the time of closing from the seller proceeds. Now, in addition to a daily rental rate, be sure to get a security deposit that is held in escrow by the title company or closing attorney until the seller vacates the property. This is also held from the seller proceeds and again, needs to be big enough to motivate the seller to leave sooner rather than later so that they get their deposit released to them. Now, I typically aim for 2,500 to 5,000 as a deposit. If things go south, the deposit covers two things. One, if the seller goes past the agreed upon exit date. To dissuade the seller from doing that, I also double the daily rate if they don't leave on time. So if it's $50 a day until June 1, starting June 2nd, it jumps to $100 a day until they leave, which again, would come out of the deposit. The deposit also would cover any damage caused by the seller. And there are a few other things to think about, but let's take a quick look at my simple one-page seller rent back agreement. Okay, section one here says, seller shall occupy the property and agrees to pay buyer rent of, and then let's say $50 per day, then put the date of closing until the date that the rent back ends and then the total number of days. So rent to be payable in advance at the time of closing and delivery of deed. Okay, section two, should the seller vacate earlier, the unearned rent shall be refunded to seller. Section three says, should the seller not surrender possession of the property to buyer as specified in this agreement, seller shall be subject to eviction and shall be additionally liable to buyer for payment of $100 per day, remember double it, until possession is delivered to buyer. Okay, section four says, seller agrees that a security deposit in the amount of whatever it is, 5,000, will be held by closing company from seller's closing proceeds until 10 days after seller vacates the property. Section five, seller shall be responsible for payment of all utilities and for insurance on contents until the date seller vacates the property. The buyer agrees to maintain liability insurance on the premises. Then section six, seller agrees to reimburse buyer for any and all damage or destruction to the property caused by seller within five days of buyer notifying seller of said damage and or destruction. And those are the main parts of the agreement. Now, if you'd like my seller rent back agreement, I'll give it to you for free. Just leave a comment and say, Jerry, you are a flipping genius. Please give me the rent back agreement and I'll give you the download link. Now let's cover two more creative ways to help the seller still move out by closing.
Strategy number two is for you to assist in the moving process and pay for it out of the seller proceeds at closing. That means you offer to line up a packing and moving service and maybe even help them find their next rental property that meets their needs and budget if they don't have that figured out yet. There are two ways to pay for this. You can make it a contingency for closing and add the fees to be paid directly to the vendors out of the seller's proceeds on the closing statement on the day of closing. That way the seller doesn't come out of pocket. It's paid from the sale of the house. Simply coordinate with the title company and the property manager or landlord and the moving service. Now, if you do this, make sure you get compensated. Get a referral fee for the moving service and the property management company. Many property management companies will pay equivalent to the first month's rent as a referral fee. The third strategy to help the seller still move out by the day of closing is you pay for it and build it into the price of the home by paying a lower price. Tell the seller that not only will you buy their house as is, but as an added benefit and service, you will include the cost of packing and moving and disposing of any unwanted items. So for example, if the packing and moving service costs $1,100 and the dumpster costs $400, then when negotiating price, pay $3,000 less to buy the home, so you actually make $1,500 to coordinate and help the seller move out. You can even offer to pay for the security deposit and first month's rent for them. So again, if the security deposit is $1,000 and the first month's rent is $500, Lower the purchase price by $3,000 so that you make money for your time, energy, and effort. Remember, you get paid to solve problems. Want to make more money? Solve more problems or bigger problems. All right, now let's talk about some ideas if the seller wants to buy their next home. Like I mentioned, we have two deals like that right now. Here's how we're handling that. I believe the more I can control, the more likely the deal will go through. So I want to make it my business to help the seller find and buy their next home. Now we do that by helping the seller with a lender and a real estate agent of my choice. I want the lender to find out if and what they can qualify for, including how much equity they have in the home I'm buying. And I also want my real estate agent to help them find their next home. Of course, I get the seller to agree to let both the lender and the agent communicate with me directly so that I always know what's going on. And you better believe that I get referral fees from both the lender and the agent. Now be sure to check with your state laws regarding referral fees from lenders and agents. Once I understand the seller's ability to buy a new home, my goal is to time the closings simultaneously so that the closing on their existing home happens at the same time as the closing on their new home, which happens all the time in real estate. This means I need to extend my closing out on the purchase of their existing home to give them time to find their next home. I usually will do a 45 to 60 day closing. And if at the end of the 60 days, the seller still isn't ready to close on their next home, I can either extend the closing to give them more time, or I may decide to still close and offer a rent back. But every situation is different, so it really is case by case. And don't forget, when wholesaling, whatever agreement you make with a seller, it's going to get assigned to your cash buyer. So if a deal has a lot of hair on it, it's going to be more difficult to wholesale. Always think about your cash buyer and how to best structure deals that can be assigned to cash buyers. So it's critical that when you're talking to sellers, you effectively uncover their motivation so you know how best to help them and how best to structure the deal. So what I want you to do next is watch a video where I break down the most important questions to ask a seller. On that video, I'll go over my word for word script. So watch that now. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel. With almost 600 videos, this is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesale.
sailing and flipping, and I'll see you on the next video.